0: Thank you. How's it going, everyone? John here, uh, the host of Spirit Talk, and today we have the wonderful Dr. Nicole Appellian, herbalist, biologist, traditional skills instructor, author, anthropologist, a crazy catalog of background, and uh, one, great to have you here, Dr. Nicole Appellian, and two, how did you kind of fall into what was the first domino to fall for you to kind of go down this path of some really awesome uh, teachings and learnings?
1: Well, hi, John. Nice to be here today. Thanks for having me. Um, wow. There's so many, there were so many dominoes, right? Until like the final one, whoo, tipped it all over. Uh, I think the earliest would be just my childhood. I, I swear I was born feral. My parents always say that. <laughs> and that I never wanted to come inside as a kid. And I got to give my, my parents credit. They really foster that, you know? They really gave me a lot of freedom and independence. And my stepdad, who married my mom when I was seven, was such a great role model. He was really into the outdoors and would come home early from from work and take me canoeing and we'd bring our field guides and we'd race imaginary people and identify things and go birding and camping. And he was really instrumental to me, really following my passion for the outdoors. And uh, after that, you know, I went into biology because that's what I loved. I loved the outdoors and it just made sense for me. And I think the, the sort of the tipping domino, there were a couple. One was probably the time when I joined, I joined the Peace Corps postgraduate school in my um, early 20s, mid 20s, and got stationed in Botswana in Africa and post that did lion research there for a few years. So, you know, living in a tent in the bush really sort of solidified that that oneness with nature and also working and learning from people who, like the San Bushman, whom I still work with to this day, uh, they were really instrumental in sort of getting me started down that path. And then the final domino really into herbal medicine was when I got diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, uh, 21 years ago, and that really started my deep dive. Very fascinating. Can you
0: kind of go back to the uh, Tracking of lions, like what was what was that like? What kind of that job did that entail?
1: Uh, well, it was a research project um, based in the Okavango Delta in the 90s in Botswana, and it went through the 2000s. Um, and it was a study of it's actually quite a big study of five prides of lions. We were looking at ecology, genetics. Uh, my research partner was was involved with the in the veterinary school, so a lot of disease research. And um, there was some, also some reproductive research going on as well. So it was a pretty broad study. And uh, living there was really, doing the research was exciting. So I'm, I'm a biologist by training. Um, but really living there and being, living in a bush, in the bush in the middle of nowhere, often, you know, by yourself. And uh, this is sort of pre-Sat phone, pre They were around, but we didn't have one. We didn't even have radios in our trucks. So sometimes I'd be solo, you know, four hours from anybody, no one knowing where I was and have to change a tire next to a Pride of Lions or, you know, change my alternator on the fly or whatever it would be. Um, It really sort of gave me that, that alone and that ability to be alone and independent. And also that sense of freedom you really get when you're sort of. Feel like you're the only person on earth sometimes when you're out there.
0: <laughs> For someone that isn't used to that type of lifestyle, um, is it tough to train someone to get used to that, or is there such a culture shock? And, uh, a shock to that you have to build your own fire and basic stuff that a lot of people can't do. This, if someone wants to get into this lifestyle, is there what training goes into it? Do they just listen and learn from someone like you, or how do they kind of adapt like that?
1: Well, if someone wants to learn, you know, outdoor skills, etc. I always say a first great way to do it is to find a teacher, you know, or find a mentor. It's such a wonderful way to have that one on one instruction. I mean, you can you can watch YouTube videos, but I always say dirt time is really important. And by dirt time, I just mean doing it, you know, the more time you spend outside actually Doing things and trying things and getting things wrong. I mean, if you're new, start close to home. You don't want to go on some crazy track and get yourself stranded and have search and rescue have to find you, or worse, right? You right. want to start with small steps. Um, a community class is great. There are wonderful. One of my favorite things are, are traditional skills gatherings. They happen all across well, all across Canada and the U.S. and other play, other across Europe. I know as well, and I'm sure other places. Um, They're really cheap. They're like the cheapest summer camp for families or for adults, I always say. You know, for 350 bucks, you can go for a week, take all of these classes, get fed and bring your kids. And it's, uh, my kids have gone up going to these since they were really little. And I always took them with me when I was teaching. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful way to not only learn the skills in a really relaxed environment and nice environment, you, right. whatever level you're at, there's a class for you. If you're advanced, there's someone who knows more about you, about some subject who's there. And if you're new, it's a great way to sort of dip your toe and take classes on what you want to learn.
0: One of the, uh, I love the show Alone. I love all these shows where it's banned versus wild. There's something very pure. And there's something animalistic to the idea of very primitive lifestyle living. And you're on seasons uh, two and five. And one of the things that came out that I was, Unaware at the time, you were diagnosed with MS, and so you do a lot of stuff that is already tough for anyone. It could be tough for me, or it would be tough for me because I don't know what I'm doing. But you to have to deal with MS and this, like, how do you how do you kind of process that? Because is it, are you working twice as? It seems like you have to work twice as hard, right? Or just to kind of battle your personal stuff inside and then to deal with this stuff outside, is happening in the woods.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know. When I first got diagnosed with MS it was it was really for me like a death sentence almost it was a long time ago um 21 years ago and
0: before you I'm glad you said that because every time I, I had aunts or I had a cousin that passed away to MS and maybe in the 90s for me it seemed like oh it's like cancer it's like AIDS it's there was this maybe this I don't know was it like a taboo type thing where people maybe the medication wasn't there or it just seemed like if you heard the word imes, it's like, oh, they're, they're not gonna make it. Now, here you are. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I would say that the medication isn't there yet. They still don't have really much to offer. The West Western medicine does not have a lot to offer people with autoimmune illnesses. That said, there's a lot of research going into things like that I use, diet, lifestyle, things like gratitude, which sounds silly, but isn't. It's a mind-body connection um, and herbal medicine. I use medicinal mushrooms that I sell and make, make and sell in my apothecary and they've helped a lot of people. Um, I use reishi, lion's mane and turkey tail every day. And oh. uh, it's made a huge difference for me. Um, we, can, we can get back to that. So I sort of wanna get back, I don't wanna dismiss your question which really was, you know, what is it like for me doing these survival shows, survival oh. skills, outdoor adventures with MS versus someone else? I would say it is more difficult and that I need to be extra careful to make sure I'm getting a good diet. I have to be careful, you know, make sure I'm getting my, my, herbal, my herbal medicine, right? It's, it's so key to how I feel. Um, you know, getting stressed and too much to do, anxiety, all, of, all those stressors really play havoc with you know, your nervous system or an autoimmune illness. So being careful to keep that balance is really, really important. When you're on a show let's say like alone right where you're you know you've been out there a couple months and uh you know you're sleeping in the shelter you built and it's maybe you're hungry maybe you know you have to cut more firewood and you haven't eaten for a couple days let's say um yeah i would say it definitely poses more challenges that said that's part of why i did it i part of why i said yes to the show was to test myself not only my skills but also test my my own ability to how well I feel right and how well I can actually um, come through a survival show like that. And it turns out well, and it turns out that it's been really inspirational for a lot of people, which has been really wonderful. The inspiration is something that was unexpected to me uh, when people saw my story, tens of thousands of emails about what do you do every day? How do you do this? And uh, eventually just I put it all on my blog, on my website with a link, what do I do to manage MS? You know, I don't, I'm not a, a PhD, not an MD, so I don't give medical advice, but I do offer what I do for free to anybody whom it might help and right. it's been very helpful for people.
0: Yeah. Now, is it also difficult as being a female and what I would perceive, maybe that's just me being a male, but every time I'd watch these shows it'd be like, oh, the males, the males, the males, but some of the best characters like yourself or, uh, Amber Hargrove from Naked Afraid, or these really strong females that, yeah, they're females, but they're really strong and great at what they do. And is it a weird thing to kind of deal with where you are kind of a minority in this type of survival landscape? Um,
1: what is the question in there, I guess? Well, is in the-
0: terms of being a female, is it weird, is it difficult to kind of navigate a what I would perceive as a male-dominated type of... Uh, field or type of thing that males kind of gravitate towards.
1: Yeah, well, you have to prove yourself more. You know, you walk into a, you know, pre-alone. I've kind of proven myself on alone, so that's nice. I've got street cred now that, you know, we can do it. And statistically, if you look at a show like Alone, the women do about twice as well as the men, if you look at average number of days stayed. So women tend to do better in those situations. Uh, We can survive on fewer calories. We tend to be, you know, just, I think the mental mind, the mindset, when you see people breaking down, it's less so the women. Um, I think because, and this is a vast generalization and I hate those, but anyway, I think we, we're we trained, you know, just through society, we're trained to deal with our emotions better. And it's, you know, it's okay for girls to cry. It's not for boys, right? There's sort of that thing you grow up with. And uh, I think that women are in general better at dealing with their emotions. So. Um, for men, I find a lot of them, you know, break break down more emotionally. Not all, but some. And I think it's great. I think it's been like a breakthrough for a lot of a lot of people I've spoken through men who've been on those shows. Um, but as far as in the survival skills realm, it is still male dominated, of course, right? It's just that's that's how our society is. Um, and I definitely have found that over the years, like. You walk into a you know a room not even a room around a campfire or whatever it is, and all the guys automatically have street cred. Like because they're there, they're considered like, oh, they know what they're doing. But if I'm doing something, I have to prove that I know it. It definitely, there's a still that differential that is so strong. And, you know, it's uh and it's not a man versus woman thing. I think that that often gets you know portrayed that way. And it's it's not, but to be, you know, to, to know that you have the skills and have someone, oh, honey, let me show you how to start that fire. It's a little annoying, so I say, guys, just maybe watch it. Like maybe just think before you say that. You know, hold back a little bit. See, wait for someone to ask ask for help. Um, I'm willing to ask for help when I don't know what I'm doing, and I love learning from people, men or women, who know more than me because you can't know everything, right? right. You, you, I have, I mean, I've got a really good grasp about outdoor survival skills, but there are definitely flint napping something I'm, you know, working on. I'm not very good. I can, you know, I I can make some basic points. I can, you know, break off some basic blades. I have a blade core. Blah blah blah. But know if i'm at a gathering or if i'm with people who know more than me you bet i'm gonna ask for help and learn more um and i'm thrilled to have them teach me um but i think that that sort of mindset of just just remember like who you're talking you're talking to or whatever just try to treat everybody similarly um and i feel like the classes and these gatherings help with that
0: you touched upon something there about i sense there's a lot of ego is uh, a lot of people that the, maybe their pride gets in the way of whatever, but the fact you, that you are willing to learn uh, shows you that uh, I would consider you an expert at what you do, but if you're willing to learn, I think we can all learn something every day. And it's, it's cool to see that ego hasn't affected or driven how you kind of adapt and uh, change with different teaching and stuff.
1: Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I think it's so important to, I mean, that's one of my one of my best characteristics I think is just curiosity. And I try to foster that in my kids. and. And the way that when they tell me something, I ask them questions back so that they get more curious about things. And I do that when I'm teaching too. I think it's really important. It's also really important to fail. You know, I when I'm teaching, let's say a you know, Paiute Deadfall trap and someone gets it the first time, oh, you know, darn, I don't like that because I think they're never gonna learn it. What I want is for them not to get it and then to you know have to re, you know, redo part of the trap and then redo another part of the trap. And, you know, it finally, after they've done it 10 times, then they get it. Wow, now they know the trap. But the person who gets it and walks away, they, they don't know that trap at all. So having that sort of mindset of, of wanting to learn and, and failing and learning from your failures also really important, yeah.
0: Well, I was playing college sports at a division three college and stuff. I was never into, I don't like medication. I had broke my hand and my collarbone playing lacrosse. And they put me on Percocets and Coumadin just to leave, alleviate the pain, but I was always afraid I'd get addicted to it because it's a false sense of uh, medication. And so that's for a couple of years. Uh, I, I, I don't like Tylenol. I don't like aspirin. and But for whatever reason, there was a couple of year period where I'm like, you'd walk into like a uh, like a Trader Joe's or one of these stores where it's like turmeric, ginger root, uh, lines made. For me, it was kind of intimidating because I didn't get any of it. So I started doing research and I'm like, there's all this stuff here where why am I taking a Zyrtec for my allergies, well I could take something over here or magnesium for something here. It's, can you kind of break down the process in the most simplest terms of, for someone that wants to get into kind of the stuff you do with your apothecary, how do you, how do you help someone kind of guide them? Is Google the best answer for this? Like, how do you do it?
1: Great question. And Google's not always the best answer, um, but I, For people that are nervous about sort of stepping into herbal medicine you know it's what we've been using for tens of thousands of years right i mean and modern medicine has its place like i'm not anti-modern medicine you know if i you know need a need some surgery i'm not generally doing it on myself (laughs) um i say generally you know you never know when you're stuck in the woods but um in general uh and i there's definitely modern medicines that are necessary that said, there are a lot that are used sort of carte blanche. And I, you know, our family uses herbal medicine almost exclusively. And it works because it works for us. And for someone who's sort of dipping their toe into it, you mentioned, you know, you were taking allergy medication. Um, I was just in the mountains in Oregon uh, and so many allergies there. And friend after friend, I was giving my, my stinging nettle tincture to because they were dying of allergies. They tried everything. And nothing was nothing had worked for them. And they all came back to me. And these are these are some friends who don't necessarily believe in herbal medicine. They're not like they don't, they weren't already trying it. It never crossed their mind. They came back to me, all of them, without fail. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this stuff worked so quickly. It's the only thing that's ever worked for my allergies. So, you know, knowing those little sort of bits and pieces of, of how that can slot in is important. And As far as what where do you start right you know it's the internet's a big long place i do have on my website i do have a blog at nicolapellian.com, and i have a newsletter that comes out just twice a week that talks about wild foods wild medicines um nature connection things like that but there's a lot of information on there and you can do a google search on the blog and i really try to look up you know peer-reviewed research etc my herbal medicine book, Lost Book of Herbal Remedies, um, again, has really good information in it. Uh, my apothecary is nice in that it has a search function. So if you're you know, having an allergies, I do bundle things, like I have an allergy and asthma bundle, um, a warrior bundle, that's for people with autoimmune illnesses, uh, different bundles for people just to help them along the way. But there is a way to search the apothecary and find you know, what, you're, what you need. We can't give medical advice, but we can, you know, right. what are what purported uses are. So it's a big field. It's uh it is hard sometimes to dip your toe, but there are things like you mentioned lion's mane. Um, one of our biggest sellers, I use it every day because of the import- importance in nerve function and um, the it increases nerve growth factor, which for someone with MS or a concussion or dementia or Alzheimer's in the family is so important. And with regular use, you know, it's shown really great, has great research behind it. Reishi mushroom, great research behind it. Um, so I would say, you know, starting somewhere like, like my blog would be a really great way. Um, awesome. Or, you know, one, my book or, or someone else's book is fine too, but you know, there's, there is a lot out there and it's hard to wade through sometimes.
0: When it comes to, I have friends who are uh, beekeepers or they, they work with like these bee stuff, is it, I've read, and I've researched a little bit, but just since you're here, when it comes to honey, if you get a honey from a local, uh, whether it's Joshua Tree or Minnesota, or wherever you're getting this honey from, the uh, if you have allergies, if you eat some of that honey, is it true that that will help with your actual allergies for that area?
1: It will. I, I usually recommend if you have it, pairing, you know, stinging nettle, whatever you're taking for your allergies, you know, pairing that with local, let's be local raw honey, because you have to get the local pollens that are around your area. But if you pair it with local raw honey, yes, that will definitely, you know, help, definitely help.
0: Well, obviously 2020 was a, a wash for a lot of people in the sense that their world was kind of turned upside down. And one of our followers, Karen, was wondering, when COVID hit, did this make you get more creative in terms of there's gotta be something organic we can put together to kind of help combat uh, COVID, whether it's improving our own immune systems or vitamin C and stuff like that. So were you, with this first hit, were you like, ah, I got to work on something here?
1: I, I I did. And I wrote an article about herbs for COVID and immediately got an FTC letter. So I, <laughs> um, they're really, yeah, I wasn't even selling anything. You know, it was just, uh, I, I can't, they won't let herbalists, they're dinging herbalists for even talking about Possible things for COVID. You know what antivirals, um, herbal antivirals are out there. Um, yes, I have a blend that is specifically targeted for, let's just say, for viruses um, in my shop. But I'm, I can't explicitly say anything about it because um, the FTC is so, and the FDA are just so strict on that. Um, it's interesting how those rules apply to their right.
0: differential rules, right? So, right. It's just it's for me. It's just kind of. I've always had this idea that I think I think there's been a cure for cancer, I think there's been a cure for AIDS, and big pharma gets in the way of because there's a money issue, right? And I know obviously that's why they're afraid that, oh, maybe we need vitamin C, or maybe we need direct sunlight, or maybe we need all the stuff that the indigenous peoples were doing on this country years ago. And it's for me, it's just it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, because there is so much stuff out there that people I think are scared to try or do because they they're just so accustomed to here's a subscription uh, when you run out uh, here's a new one. It's, for me, it's like talking to someone like yourself or obviously there's others. It's it's refreshing that there are people out there that are willing to help others. Uh, that hey again maybe if you need to get. Uh, your teeth replaced or a hip surgery, you're not rubbing uh, bit leaves on there. You have to have go to the doctors. It just I wonder why they don't work together, right? It just seems kind of changed the world in a great way.
1: Right. Because a lot of these, I mean there are a lot of things that can go hand in hand with other, you know, other treatments. For example, well there are finally now, you know, in, in Asia, things like reishi and turkey tail mushrooms are frontline cancer, cancer drugs. They really are. And there are now things like function, I live in the Pacific Northwest where it's a little more um, progressive as far as herbal medicine and things like that go. And there are now th- functional oncologists. I had a friend with cancer and yes, she did her treatments with the functional oncologist and then she supplemented because her doctor recommended it with my turkey tail tinctures and my reishi tinctures. And it worked beautifully. So there are, you can, Complement, you know, they can complement each right. other. It doesn't have to be one or the other, and you don't have to choose. That's the nice thing. You have your own personal set of choices, right? right. That's a wonderful thing. Um, but it is good to think about what your doctor tells you because when I first got diagnosed with MS a long time ago, I was scared, I was young. Uh, I didn't know, you know, what to do. And I followed my doctor's advice and I went downhill really, really quickly. And I was taking medication to counter medication. And, you know, next thing you know, I I couldn't walk for a couple of years. I mean, I was bedridden or maybe using a cane if I could even get up, um, or if I could move around, you know, using a wheelchair at night. So it was pretty devastating. And finally I quit all my Western meds and I was able to find a path using, diet, lifestyle, herbal medicine, supplements that helped me regain my health and be like the person you see today. Because the person you would have seen 20 years ago was very different.
0: Is Do you think the marijuana, I know it's being decriminalized, but the, for the medicinal reasons, people with cancer or they get these uh, the cards to smoke the marijuana. And do you think that's the first domino to fall where it's like, we could actually start using organic uh, products that could actually help people.
1: Yeah, I think I think that it's definitely starting, and there are some states that are it's start you know right. um, starting you know now they're using uh, psychedelic mushrooms. They're able to they able to use the you know the psilocybin as far as helping people with PTSD and all sorts of disorders. So I think that it is starting to fall a bit. Um, that said, big pharma has a pretty big hold on our government, and uh, it's. I don't see that changing, but I'm hoping that they'll be able to work, you know, more hand in hand as people demand it. And I think that's that's important. The more people say to their physician, "Hey, um, I'm interested in in trying this in a complementary way or instead of," um, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, physicians will get some more training in that. If, I think if physicians had some more training in herbal medicine, that would be great. Uh, I have had nurses, more nurses and nurse practitioners take like my herbal classes and things, but naturopathic physicians are another great way to go.
0: Now you mentioned that you've worked with mushrooms, you have them in your apothecary and all this stuff and berries and stuff. If I'm alone or with someone, say uh, the car breaks down, I'm alone. What are some stuff, what do you look for in a berry or mushroom if you don't know what to eat or not to eat? Is there like, how do you kind of what if i'm looking at a mushroom obviously yep. i go to the grocery store i know what a basic mushroom a portobello they're going to sell do i look under like the mushroom head or like what do i look at if i'm in the wild to see if something's poisonous
1: yeah um well i have a wild foods book coming out mid-may um oh. and it's really comprehensive for north america like mushrooms lichens plants trees seaweeds even um herbs it's it's a, it's a big one i'm really excited about it and uh you know, for mushrooms, be really careful. <laughs> you know, if you don't know what you're doing with mushrooms, don't even try. Um, there are some that are easier to identify, like chanterelles and things along, some of the boletes and things like that. And uh, you need a really good field guide and even better, you know, a field guide and a mentor for mushrooms. There are some that are pretty obvious that a lot of people know, like morels that are out right now. Um, but as far as other herbs go, there are a lot of things. You know, I, I often, often, you know, I graze my way through the woods all the time, but I often will, you know, get injured and you need something on the fly. And, you know, I'll, a lot of things like yarrow is a really great example. It's a, a really easy to identify plant. It, it stops bleeding almost immediately. It's antibacterial. Um, I cut my knuckle off here. It actually didn't show it, um, except in like a commercial, but on day 42, I believe, I cut this knuckle almost completely off cutting a fish and my hands were freezing. It was really cool. It was in the ocean. My hands were freezing. It was so cold out, and I just, it was tired, and I just, last the last slice of that salmon with, it was a big knife, you know, and just sliced the whole knuckle off, and luckily, I dried some yarrow from earlier in the season, because it was all already, was right. already frozen, and I had it back at my shelter, so I put it on. It stopped the bleeding really quickly. Um, it's a great coagulant, and then, you know, the next two days, luckily, there was a storm and I couldn't leave my shelter for two days because there were trees just falling. It was dangerous. So I holed up in my shelter and did a mixture of yarrow and usnia, which is that old man's beard lichen that comes from the trees. And did a mixture of that and uh, just would soak my finger in it every, you know, 20 minutes or so. and. Uh, Healed, and I barely even have a scar. So, and that could have, and that could have been life-threatening. You know, you're in, you're sure. dirty, you're in the middle of nowhere, you're by yourself, because alone doesn't have a camera crew. And you really are by yourself. You film yourself, and uh, that could have gone, you know, systemic really easily and been a really bad infection. But knowing the plants and lichens around the area helped with that. So, knowing a few common ones in your area would be the way to sort of dip your toe. Gotcha.
0: It's I, I'm always kind of blown away. I think it's so cool. We've had Donnie Dust on the show, EJ Snyder, Amber's been on the show, and I'm just kind of blown away watching, with the, obviously from TV, where it's like, oh, I know what this berry is. I know what this berry does. Uh, don't eat that mushroom. You can so bring this bark to a boil. I'm just blown away that there. you guys are such You're such experts at that level when it comes to that. It's so super fascinating where you can look at a leaf and just be like, oh yeah, that's, and I'm just like, what? Like I, I thought it was a maple tree. And it's just kind of cool that you guys put this time and dedication into learning this stuff. to it, One day it could help someone that is watching or is reading your book. It's very fascinating.
1: Thank you. And you know, I, I think everyone just needs to remember we all started somewhere. We all started with none of this knowledge. So it's accessible to everybody. Anybody can access this. And you know, you also change your way of looking. I look at my landscape now, you know, I take a walk in the woods and I'm looking for food. I'm looking at it as my land, as my grocery store and my pharmacy, right? Because I'm looking for medicine, I'm looking for food, I'm looking, that's how my eye is trained and, and that's because I've trained it that way. But learning a few common things um, is a really good way to go, you know, form a relationship with, you know, we all know dandelion, right? Yes, common. Yeah right it's a good starter people are like dandelion why do i care about dandelion but the root is a great liver cleanser the you know the whole top of the plant's completely edible um, the flowers make really great fritters when they're still in bud form they make great capers if you pickle them the leaves you can be are edible so th- that's a plant that people know so like Okay, I know an edible, everyone knows an edible plant. Boom! Everyone's there. I know you all know dandelion. So then you know you can move on to something like the plantain, not the not the banana plantain, but the one that's sort of flat on the ground. And you know my kids know if they get a wasp sting or even a mosquito bite to grab some of that, chew it up, and put it on. And those little things, you know, learning them one by one is a really great way to go. Because once you have five or ten under your belt, you've got actually quite a lot, um, and you can do a lot with just that small amount of knowledge
0: now everything we've talked about this is kind of fit under like holistic wellness is this what this is considered
1: yeah you could call it i mean it fits under holistic wellness it fits under survival skills because boy when i ask you do a survey of uh like bushcraft folks and you ask what are the what are your weaknesses i would say the majority or what do you want to learn more about majority say wild plant, wild medicine and wild food. Those are the two ones where people are are the weakest as far as in general, you know, generally speaking. So, um, and it's so important, you know, knowing what, what can help you medically and and what can feed you when you're out in the bush.
0: Now, you mentioned when you guys, you're gardening, harvesting and stuff like that. How extensive is your garden at your house where it's, is there some stuff where you have to like ship in certain seeds of stuff? Because when I go to my flower places or nurseries, they're like, oh, zucchini, beets, rat, You get all that stuff. But there's some stuff I want to grow where it's like I don't have the time to plant the seeds. Or maybe I do. I'm just being lazy. But so for you, if you want to grow lines made or you can actually grow it, right? Like you do all this stuff.
1: I can grow it, yeah. So um, you know, they're it's a great way to try things out like this. Is you know, they're a place you can get spore kits for growing more mushrooms. Some of them are really easy. Some like coming up, you know, for our first timer. Some of them come in a box, and you literally just open it, spray it, and boom, lion's a mushroom. mushroom. It's a nice way to try it. It really is. It's and it's really fun to watch grow, and it grows so fast. Um, stick a uh, time lapse camera on it. It's incredible. Uh, but as far as my garden goes, it's huge. And I bring in a lot of natives. So I definitely, I not only have my, my large fenced in garden for, you know, my fruits and vegetables right. and some of my medicinals that deer eat, because so we have a lot of deer and elk that come through here and bear and everything else. Uh, but I also have a number of gardens that are around on my property. And when I find something that is, you know, interesting that I want to have here, I will, you know, transplant it into sort of my garden area to make sure that it, it grows really well. I also do get seeds from other places. I do trades with other people. I love trading, um, trading starts and uh, with other folks. Um, plant sales are a way to find really interesting, um, interesting plants. We have one here every year in my little community and there's always some interesting stuff. And I bring starts too so that other people can you know, get things like, you know, skullcap or comfrey or whatever it is they want. So it's, uh, it's a nice way to be able to share those kinds of things.
0: Is there stuff for say people that have dogs or cats or horses or animals that are traditionally considered uh, owned by humans? I'm not talking wild bear, or whatever, but if I have a dog, does a lot of this stuff have the same impact it would on a human, or is that something you have to further kind of do studies on and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. What I always do is like I, I make a pet salve. I don't, I don't sell it anymore. I've got, I was ma- I make it, but um, for friends and family and things like that. Nope. I always say if it's safe for cats, it's probably safe for anyone else. Cats are the most finicky as far as um, you know animals go. They have a lot of more, they have more reactions to things. So I always make like salves, and, and salve is just a like a balm that you put on that's herbal, um, that's it's hardened with beeswax. And uh, I make them safe for cats, and then it's safe for everything. I use my, I use my all-purpose salve that I have in my, my apothecary. I've used it on my chickens. <laughs> I've okay. used it on, you know, I've used it on my cat. I've used it on, you know, I used to use it on my dog before he, he passed. Um, we've used it on horses, goats, <laughs> what else? So yeah, I mean, a lot of the herbal medicine necessarily hasn't been studied as much in animals, um, well, at least not domestic animals, but a lot of it does translate over
0: Uh, So before I let you go, uh, tell us more about your book that's coming out, uh, other stuff you got coming up. I know people want to get your books. They go to Amazon. That's where I found your, uh, that's where I found uh, the Herbal remedies book. Uh, Mm -hmm. So people go to your website. Where can they find more information? As an
1: author, the best place for people to go is my website, Nicolapellian.com, and then backslash books. And if they go there, there's a link. It's a better link for me as an author versus Amazon. Um, that has a link to my lost book of herbal remedies, The Healing Power of Plant Medicine. There's a link there for the US and a link for Europe. And there's also coming out, I have an uh, outdoor book as well that is available through that link, but it's available on Amazon. And it's called um, The Reference Guide to Surviving Nature. And it talks about gear. It's, it's a bit of an introductory book for people that are new to the wilderness. Um, okay. What gear do you need? You know what to be in your emergency survival pack that you carry with you every day, which is so important. Um, you know, so you don't get lost and things like that. You know, what should you watch out for? Those sorts of things. And then uh, coming out mid-May, I think May 17th. Fingers crossed, it'll be on my website. Is my new book, which is the Forager's Guide to Wild Foods: Edible Plants, Lichens, Mushrooms, and Seaweeds. And I am been working on that. Oh, it's been a long haul, and it's going to be—it's the most comprehensive wild foods book out there. So I'm really excited about it. I'm and excited. There's a lot of oh, maps and IDs and things for people that are new to the—you know—new to wild foods. They can go out in their yard and they can find these things. Sorry to interrupt you. John. No, and no, I,
0: I, that's a book I'm excited about because that's—I can actually kind of maybe get a, a kind of a head start, like you said, kind of just figure out what's in Massachusetts, that uh, whatever. And I—I I, I just love the fact that. There's authors and people like yourselves putting stuff out there where the, the, the idea of learning and always getting better is something I really strive for. And I cannot wait to kind of do a deep dive on mushrooms and all that stuff. So uh, you're also on Instagram, Facebook. If people want to find you, what are your usernames and stuff for that?
1: I'm at Nicole Pellion on uh, Instagram. Pretty easy to find. And on Facebook, I, my public page is Nicole Pellion Survival.
0: Awesome. Well, this is uh, Dr. Pelly, This was an amazing uh, episode. Thank you for stopping by here. And uh, look forward to the new book.
1: Thank you so much. I had really great talking with you today.
0: Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you liked what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, T-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week.